passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with former legendary 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, we got a, we got a different kind of show tonight. Today we're kind of showcasing more summer league or summer pickup kind of games uh, today, as most of the topics are uh, today. So, how you guys? How you guys feeling? Doing good. Doing good. 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 Uh, before the show, we kind of had a brief discussion about uh, three on three basketball uh, versus five on five basketball. Um, and we were just asking Eric what, what, what he thinks about it because we, Tasia and I are in a league, or not a league, but it's, you know, grown man playing pickup basketball. Sometimes it's hit or miss, but you have the guys who come for three on three. Sometimes it's two on two. And tonight we have 10 guys coming. So five on five is the, the big thing. And we have some guys who don't want to play five on five. So we were just asking Eric what, what, he, what he thought about the, uh, what is better basketball? If it's three on three half court, or if it's five on five full court. <laughs> I mean, it's five on five if everybody runs back and don't cherry pick. Um, <laughs> But you know, other than if they're going to do that, then go ahead and cut it in half and play your three on three and let guys rotate in and out. Yeah, you yeah. think full court, you get a lot more like calories and, and steps. But if people don't run, then it kind of yeah. makes you yeah. not run. Then in the yeah. end, half yeah. court, you actually work out harder. Yes, it's it's constant movement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing about three on three is a little constant movement. There's no excuse. <laughs> It's not as much running, but it's mm-hmm. it's short. It's short, uh, short spurts. Like I mean, a full court, you're running even if you don't get the ball. Man, that's what mm-hmm. some people want to do. Mm-hmm. As you get older, you're like, man, what am I doing all this running for? You get one <laughs> shot every ten, eight possessions. <laughs> yeah, but three out three, you got you know you got to sprint for the uh, to clear the ball out. You know, you sprint, you sprint there. I got a nice little uh, little five yard little run to get the, the the clear the ball, then check it, and then yeah. check it in. I don't have to worry about that, Eric. I bring the ball up, man. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. 
I, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, don't tell you that. Top of the key, the top of the key. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, but uh, we got a, uh, you know, not really much going on in the Sixers world. Um, obviously, there's there's topics that you know, the Kevin Durant and James Harden going to a Travis Scott concert together, having good times, and uh, obviously, people online were thinking that uh, oh. Katie's coming to Philly. He's hanging out with Harden again. They're, they're, they're fine. But, um, but no, there's a, a, a topics where there's a lot of summer leagues going on. So um, with the first uh, topic tonight, um, we've seen some uh, pickup basketball footage of uh, James Harden um, and with the, uh, playing with other NBA players. I think one that was the, the big one was playing against other Ra- like the Raptors team. You got Thaddeus Young, Scotty Barnes, a bunch of guys in that team. But uh, Sixers fans got have gotten overly excited about offseason tapes in the past. Um, it's one thing to hit open jumpers against, you know, uh, a guy holding a training pad, and it's another to do it against other NBA players, which James Harden did it against Thaddeus Young uh, in the videos that we've seen. I'm kind of alluding to the LA Fitness shots of, uh, you know, Ben Simmons knocking down threes, knocking down mid-range jumpers, thinking that that's going to change. And then when we get to the season, that doesn't happen. But then Harden, we talked about mid-range. He was doing that against Thaddeus Young and other NBA players uh, in the videos that we've seen. So, I mean, how much stock do you put into these these summer like these summer uh, pickup games, uh, Eric? I mean, from for me, it's more of a keeping your feel and keeping your game cardio and practice cardio up. I, I don't put more into it than that. Um, you know, see the guys playing basketball. You know, they're playing, um, but more than that. I don't see it as something that he's going to come back as this dominant player. I think that helps and helps you get a feel for the game and, um, you know, get to play outside of just doing your individual workouts. But, but uh, we all know the, you know, how where guys get better. I mean, that helps. That's a part of it. But the other grind and taking care of yourself and the weight room and individual workouts, it has to be a combination of things. So I would imagine that that's going on. And if that's going on, then it'll all benefit. Deja, I know you're, you're one who has gotten, uh, well, actually, you, you've never been overly excited about the offseason videos. Uh, I'd, I'd usually be the one to come with you. Like, you see this, and you're like, ah, all right, well, relax. Maybe a, few year, maybe a few years ago. You can only get snake bitten so many times before you don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> um, as far as this one, though, I, I mean, first and foremost, I, I agree with Eric. It just, I just like seeing guys involved, like seeing them play basketball, like full court and full court in the off season. It's just nice. I like seeing guys participate, um, especially hard and playing all these pickup games. It means just, I don't know if they're showing more this year than other years, but, and maybe because of like COVID and stuff in the past, they weren't playing as much, but it seems like we're seeing a lot more this year. I don't know why. Um, it's just cool to see them competing. Like uh, hitting open jumpers is fine. I, I do like seeing guys work on their game, whether it's, against 10 guys or just alone, but I love seeing guys play other guys are going to face in the league in a few months. Right. Um, especially nowadays where everything's documented, it's filmed, everything's posted out there. Sometimes you might be worried about guys putting themselves out there to possibly get embarrassed or if they look out of shape or if they lost a step and, and possibly in Harden's case, like you saw that DeJounte Murray, um, um, uh, uh, what, what's that dude's name? Uh, uh, Paolo Ranchero. Yeah, you saw that. You saw that tape where you know all the talking shit and embarrassing him and all that kind of stuff. Like, and turns into a beef. I mean, it can it can spiral into that. You you can. I mean, it's crazy that these games can form like a little rivalry that goes into the season, right? But um, it's cool just to see Harden out there cutting loose and not afraid to play in those kind of games and you know test out some new stuff like the mid range. 
Tejas is something interesting, Eric. And, you know, obviously back when you played, there wasn't, you know, not everyone had a phone, you know, that they could film everything, right? Like, so um, were there a lot of these, like, kind of these pickup games that you guys would play against other guys? did it all the time. I mean, guys, you know, um, I I moved to Georgia, Atlanta. When I moved there, I moved there because um, during the offseason, that's where we worked out and we played. So ended up, that's how I ended up there for that reason. Oh, wow. So you have, you know, Atlanta was a hot spot. Houston was a hot spot. Um, you know, L.A. was always a hot spot. Vegas had started, you know, guys were coming to Vegas. Those were kind of the hot spots during the offseason. Um, it was nice places to live in warmer weather, and it was places to work out. Because the one thing about NBA players, a lot of those guys do work out and they like to play. Um, but when I played, a lot of people wouldn't play with just anybody. Like you want to play with like-minded people that have the same mm-hmm. interests as you and not someone that's come out there and trying to show you that they're better than you or they should be where you're at. So you just – so it was a lot of people that, you know, you kind of knew where the runs were. So people would come into town for a week, work out with that place, or maybe go somewhere else. And, and just so you can mix up your workouts, it wouldn't just be individual, so you would have a chance to play. Um, even if it was just three-on-three, one-on-ones, whatever it was – you, you're playing against pros, and that's what people, um, you know, kind of did. I know a lot of a lot of guys that I knew in the league that I never played with, that I spent a lot of time with, was, was because we worked out um, at the same time. And this was all before you ended up going to your team and meeting early before training camp officially started. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I you, you see these things like um, Tasia and I were watching the uh, New York City uh, Point Gods uh, documentary. You know, a lot of these guys in these in the offseason are you know going to parks and playing and stuff. Um, and so obviously, pickup games have been going on for for many, many, many years. But now, yeah. now we're starting to see behind the scenes stuff with all everyone having a, a smartphone who can you know film all these things. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's not, you just you just see it more like mm-hmm. most things. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Going on the um the the, the pickup basketball games. Um, so obviously in one of the clips um with Harden, you know, we talked about Harden dominating. But there was another clip where Scotty Barnes was kind of picking up Harden full court, uh, playing tough defense on him. Um, and after the the, the run, Harden praised uh, Scotty Barnes for playing that way. Um, but we've also seen uh, and heard players criticize others for doubling in pickup games. I believe uh, Devin Booker was uh, uh, talking about that. Um, and so I'm just. I, my question is to Eric, for someone who did play in these offseason pickup games, where do you stand when it comes to this? I mean, are some of our pickup games there to mess around or to be more more competitive, full court type of game? I, mean, I think it was it's different. Um, when I played, I picked up full court um, not to press someone, but to build my cardio up. So that was my way of building up my cardio. So I, that's how I could know where I was conditioning wise if I was able to do that. So I would. Whoever we, I was playing against, I would tell them, you know, I'm going to pick you up full court. I'm going to just stay in front of you. Um, you know, I ain't trying to press you or rip you and take the ball. I'm just going to be there so I can practice on getting back and then, then, then being able to sit down and play defense behind you, you know, once we get across half court. So it wasn't never really no issue with that. Um, and as far as, you know, you know, guys playing, I mean, I, I just think it's, it, it really just depends on the, the player. Like, I did that. So, I, I mean, 
But Scotty Barnes is a young fellow. I've actually known him, you know, since he played against <laughs> my younger son, Darius, in middle school in Florida. Oh, wow. Um, so it just really depends on sort of mentality. Um, you know, we don't really know. Um, I would think it's not personal and he's not doing it because he's trying to show him challenge up. James. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or do anything like that. Or he's just actually trying to make himself better and do something that he maybe he wants to do um, during the season. You know, uh-huh. so hopefully it's, you know, it's that. And when that's the case, I mean, you have to be professional and understand that just like James Harden wanted to get better at what he does, Scotty Barnes is a different basketball player. So yeah. the things that he has to bring to the table are different. So, um, and that's why a lot of times, that's why I was saying before, you want to play with guys that, are professionals and not necessarily all NBA players, a lot of professionals that don't play somewhat equal though, right? Yeah, they have the same kind of thinking and mentality and skill and skill level, probably too. Yeah, and they're all trying. It's some, it's, hey, it's some guys that don't play in the league that are very skilled. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'm just saying from the standpoint of, um, you know, a lot of people would have any the lot to lose. Some people that you know are a little reckless because they have yeah. they don't have as much to lose. But I think basketball you know, awareness and intelligence comes into play. I mean, because it's you you kind of know when you're playing for guys, if it's a loose ball, um, you're playing a lot of good pros and a lot of guys like that. If they're playing in August, they're not going to dive for the ball. No, you don't have to worry about guys diving at your legs. That, that's just not going to happen. You kind of understand that. So if you if you step out that zone and start playing with a lot of people that they're not doing anything bad, that's just how they play. That's why they're th- that's what those th- that's how those things can happen, and that's why you'll find guys kind of shy away from that. I used to play basketball um, at this gym on the East Coast in, in Virginia, and um, as the night went on, the uh, the competition got slowly worse. I called a good guy would leave, an okay yeah. would guy replace him, and after a while, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I remember I'd be sitting on the side, and, and one of the guys would be like, "All right, I'm done." It, the The ratio of Bad to good is too much now. I don't want to get injured. And, and that's that would be his thing. He needed to stop at some point because he's like, too many of these guys are 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 making the wrong plays and they, they just undercut you or like yeah. and they don't know. They just don't they just don't know. Yeah. So this is interesting to see that. Yeah, to hear that. Um I, as far as pickup games, I mean, like we talked about earlier, so much of this goes on social media. So like the don't double me thing. I mean, I'm sure some guys maybe want to go out there and create some highlights and get some trends. Yeah, on. I mean, I forgot. I didn't. I didn't mention that, but the the double. Um, I've seen guys get mad, you know, like Booker did. I've seen yeah. guys do that. Um, when we when I played and I played with a lot of guys, guys didn't really double unless it was like game point. Mm. Um, you would see guys on game point. Um, you know, you're playing with some of the top guys, like they're not going to let you score. But in the NBA world, that's reality in most cases. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to let you just come down to play one-on-one. Um, but probably the doubling every single time in the summer, no, nah, I don't think that's necessary. Um, yeah. Just, just put somebody else on them or, you know what I'm saying? Like if he comes in the pick and roll, then yeah, you can trap him. But just a flat out doubling yeah. i mean i think it's i mean, I, I think it's cool though it, it's a real life game situation why you know it, it'll make you better it won't make you worse so it's like yeah i mean it's it's but it's 
it really depends on what he's trying to accomplish how, that day. Well, how the team how how the game is being played because if you're playing with if you're playing pickup and like James Harden he's playing pickup and he's playing with NBA guys, they're more inclined to play NBA defense, NBA rules. But if you add guys that don't play in the NBA, the rules are different. Then all of a sudden they're gonna sit in the paint because it's been a lot of times I would go back to Michigan State, but like, dude, you got to get out the lane. They like, we don't have to do that. <laughs> so it was like, it's, and then you can think of like these. I'm playing with all the cops. They're like, they can just sit in the paint all the time. So, um, so that that just changes things. So it just kind of depends on. So a lot of guys. That's another reason why guys like playing with. NBA players because they, they, they're they going to play the rules because in a couple of months or in a month, you're going to have to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to create those habits that kind of get you away from mm-hmm. playing that way. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure guys go out there for different reasons, too. Like some guys might want to go there to put on a show and just show people up for like an hour and then leave and just get some highlights out of it. Some guys might want to go out there to maybe test a move out. Kind of like a comedians, they go around like the country to test new material out type thing. Yeah. Maybe players go out there and just test out like a new move. Uh, I mean, a, a, a new. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I understand all the plan. I don't understand all the videos, but that's that's nowadays. I'm a little. <laughs> it's all different from what I grew up with. You know, everybody does it. So. Yeah, maybe Booker was just trying to put on a show, and he's like, "Dude, don't double me. What are you doing? I'm just trying to." I'm no, I mean, to, I don't know. Like, I, I've seen guys, but I have seen cross my guy mad. up. I've seen guys, tons of guys get mad when they get doubled. Like, I, that's not, that wasn't new to me at all. And, you know, maybe Barnes did tell Harden, now I'm going to pick you up like full court and just, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to stay in front yeah, of you. I mean, he could have. Yeah, I don't know. So, um, one, one thing for a guy to tell you that, and then he's able to make you work. Mm, so, yeah. I think it was a situation where he was like, man, this dude, this big tall dude is making me work, even though it's maybe it's offseason and, It'll be different. I mean, you can pick up full court and be great in the summer, but when you go in the season, you pick up full court and then Joel set a screen at 75%, you know, 75. It's different. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> now you gotta get hit or you gotta go all the way around that screen. Plus, so, I don't think I, mean, I don't think yeah, I'm just saying like it's different though. It's different. You know, are the guys coming up to set a screen or are they just letting you get pressure? So it's it'll be ways to release all that pressure, but I get it if the guy is trying to work on his conditioning mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if barnes would want to do that anyway he'd be exhausted by game man if he tried to pick up harden all the way up the court every single play <laughs> that would, i don't know if that would be that. Do it. i mean I, I believe he can do it you know because you wouldn't do it every play but i believe he can do it enough and like i said it, it really depends on being there not necessarily um trying to you know when we all younger we all think of picking somebody up and pressing them it's like pressing them trying to take it from them and causing a turnover more so than just being in front of a guy, being there, standing in front of them, taking away an easy lane and making them start their offense out high. It's yep. all you really want to do. And killing, further, and killing clock. And taking the time off the clock. The further they start that offense out, the, the further the first catch is, um, and then you slow them down, it just makes it um, tougher to score. Especially with a guy like Harden who likes yeah. to dribble anyway. Yeah. So, you know, by the time we get the offense started, it's like, 10 seconds left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I, lo- I love seeing him praise him after there. I mean, he obviously liked him. I mean, Harden's out there probably working on his conditioning. I mean, I don't think yeah. he's trying to prove anything at his age right now. It doesn't matter to him. So, yeah, I think he, if he liked it, Harden's a pretty honest guy. If he didn't like it, I think he'd say something. But to, to, to 
compliment it afterwards and say that's what we want to see is uh, that was cool. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. I will say Sixers fans weren't really happy with the way uh, Barnes kept clapping um, after he was he was dean him up, but like you know, Sixers fans get get mad at a lot of stuff. So he was happy to stay in front of him. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, another uh, so that was that was a trending topic uh, for the past few days. But another trending topic was um, Sixers eclipsing. So I believe the over under right now is fifty one and a half for the Sixers this coming year. Um, so everyone's talking about scenarios of how this team could potentially be a sixty win team, maybe fifty five win team. So begs the question: um, over the last five seasons, we have eclipsed the fifty wins three times. Two of which, one was the uh, the bubble season, which I think we only played 73 games that year. And the following season, which was 72 games, we had 49 wins. Uh, there was only 72 games, so 10 more probably would have had the 50. Um, but um, we've eclipsed the 50 quite a few times the last few years. So um, my question is, with a lot of Sixers fans saying we can get to 60, question is, not counting injuries, the Sixers will win less than 50 games if blank happens. Um, I don't think that happens. Even with a major injury, I don't think that happens. Really? The only, the only way I can say that is, is like a major injury. You said, but you said barring, barring injuries, right? Yeah. Yep. So just play on the court, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen. Eric likes the squad. Yeah. yeah bar, like barring that. injuries, I don't, I don't, that's not going to happen. They're 150 games. Because you got to consider we won 50 last year with yeah, I mean, you'll win and me you know, missing a lot, and Simmons not playing. I mean, that's that's winning, you know, 25 out of 41 games at home and on the road. Yeah. We're gonna do that. I will if if we're if we not if we're not doing that, I mean, because we, we can't be talking outside of our mouth saying that this team can go and compete for a championship and and now we're talking about barring injuries, whether they can win 50 games. <laughs> I, I I guess it's more so like if 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 this if the season was a failure, why would it why would that be? What, what what would be the reason that this team doesn't take a step? I guess I think the only way this team doesn't take a step and get it is is um, Joel is not the same player, which I doesn't think if he's not the same player. Hmm. Um, I don't think that's uh, if he's the same player. I don't see how it can happen, and no, with no injuries. But if for some reason he declines, and I, there's nothing in me that sees he can make that kind of a steep decline in a year. So I mean, I, I I really don't. I think injuries is the only thing that can bar them from winning 50 games this year. Yeah. I guess my answer would have been. I, I kind of had two, right? I had like, it's worst case. This is basically, this is the worst case scenario uh, yeah. question. Um, I put if Harden officially lost a set, one. Like if 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 Miami Harden was Harden all next season, that would not be good. <laughs> um, I think you know, you know, the NBA. If they smell blood in the water, they're they're gonna everyone's gonna copy whatever game plan you got and just attack him all the time and make him dribble 30,000 times. Um, so that would be the worst case scenario for me. And then if he didn't, t- if he did officially lose that step that, you know, everyone's fearing, um, does Maxi take the next step forward? So that's my, it's a two-parter, right? So like um, Maxi's importance 
goes skyrockets if Harden lost a step. So um, that would be mine. But, you know, I mean, Harden's – I think he's going to be in great – he's already in great shape from what I've seen. Um, he's not going to use – because I think I read he uses the beginning of the season to get in shape rather than come into the season in shape. But I think he's – that's completely different this year. I think he's coming into the season uh, – will go into the season in shape. Um, so it will be really interesting to see how he how he performs because – no rehab, no lingering hamstring. It's just him in shape coming into the season and being prepared. So yeah, you know, all the excuses everyone had would be out the window because there's no hamstring. He's he was able to condition this. Yeah, I, yeah I, I I totally see it. Like, um, you know, if if James is the same as last year, <laughs> just say just say that how he finished the season, and from a number standpoint, they should win fifty games. Um, because if we're saying Maxi is, you know, next in line and we keep giving him praise, like, I don't, I don't see how it's never going to happen mm-hmm. outside of injuries. I just don't see it. But third year is pretty important for a player, right? So like Maxi, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm hoping it's not, but he could potentially could regress. I mean, he could maybe. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think he'll. He took regress. a big jump from year one. Yeah, year. I don't think he'll regress. I just don't see the the same jump happening. Yeah, I just don't see how how the way the team is the way the team is like how he can take that much of a step unless James is taking that much of a decline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it was a two parter Be- for me because it was you know because it's to me in order for him to take that big step. He has to be the primary ball handler, which means James isn't. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't, you know, I think they can succeed with both of them, you know, dominating and being, you know, that type of player. But I just don't see how both of them can be that type of player. Along with, you know, Tobias is really good. I know you always getting on his salary. Tasia, but he's a really good player, man. No, he is. I don't see how you can not utilize that. Uh, Tobias is solid, and Tobias, I think, really benefited off the last – the playoffs. I really think he did because he looks so much more comfortable than he did in the season with Harden. Um, I think if he just goes in with that same trajectory that he went in the playoffs, I think he'll be even better. I think he'll be so comfortable now. He knows his role. He knows what he's doing. But I also think out of – Everyone that was returning on the team, we talked about Maxi taking the, um, you know, leap. I think Tobias is the one that should probably had the biggest chip on the shoulder. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he comes back. You no, know, he hears all that, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he hears all What'd you that. say? All that stuff? Do you say? What'd you say? All that stuff. <laughs> that, that stuff. <laughs> I, I'm one of the stuffers. But you know, yeah. I I've never. <laughs> I never said I didn't like Tobias, right? I just said for the money. That's like my disclaimer on that one. For the money. Unfortunately, you know, there are dollar amounts tied to each one of these guys. I I would love to, you know, just. I mean, they said that about me and us. And we and these guys make more in a year than we made in our careers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We we can officially say they were being unreasonable assholes when they were criticizing you, Eric. No, I'm just saying, like. I get it. Like, I don't think it's a, ever a, you know, if Tobias Harris made half of what he made, it would be, be still be people that criticize. Him. 
No. I mean, I mean, yes, yeah, of would. course. It's Philly. Yeah. Yes, they would criticize him. Any they'll criticize anybody, right? Yes. But I mean, yeah, AI got criticism, right? So I, I think he would. Yes, but I, I think that the money came in is because um he's up there with the names that he's up there with. Yeah. I don't think Tobias would get right? less criticism if he made less. I think he would get more praise if he made less, though. No, I think Anytime people want to praise him, like, but he, made, he had a great game. He had 30 points. He should do that every night. He makes this much Instead money. Instead of him, yeah, when he has 15, they say, well, he still make $20 million. He needs to be making 18. <laughs> yeah. 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 So instead of 20, they just say 40 or whatever he makes. Yeah. Because yeah. it all comes down I, to what, what you do in your last game. I would complain a lot. Less. What you do in your I, I last would, game. Yeah, I give, I give him more praise if he made less, but <laughs> Tobias definitely does listen to this stuff. I saw someone he like quote tweeted somebody on Twitter. Someone was like, "Oh, you need to get traded," and then he was like, "He he, he quote tweeted. He goes, you're blocked.' <laughs> so I mean, he definitely sees this stuff. Um, but but last on this, uh, is sixty wins out of the question for this team? I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think it happens, but I don't think it's out of the question. I think we're anywhere from. 52 to 57, 58, somewhere around there. I know it's a big range, but I, I would say between 52 and 58. I don't think we – I think we're over 50 but under 60. Because I think the East – I think the East and the West, the team's so much better. All the teams – I think a lot of teams got better. Yeah. But I, I think it's going to – I don't I don't think anyone's going to run away with, you know, um, like Memphis – like um, I'm sorry, not Memphis, like Phoenix did last year. Mm-hmm. I just don't see that happening this year because I think the teams are – if all teams are healthy, like we're talking about our Sixers being healthy, right? I see a lot of, um, you know, bunching of, you know, looking for seeds. I think it's a really, really close. Um, and I just don't see anyone running away with it. Mm-hmm. Sort of the way, you know, the top of the East was this year. You know, one yeah. team and three teams. Tied. I think I, I see that in both conferences this year, yeah. which means it's going to be harder to get wins. I think 60 is totally doable. I mean, it all depends also with rest and you just never know how we're going to stagger. And, but we were deep as hell. And we had, we had 50 with 52 last year. I mean, it's tough. I mean, we, I can remember when um, the year we went to the finals with sixes, we, we rested guys at the end of the year. We could have easily had six. Yeah. You never know. Mm. Guys didn't play. Yeah. We we lost home court advantage in the playoffs because guys didn't play the last couple games of the year. And we lost the games. People, a lot of people don't realize that. We would have had home court. All we had to do was win one more game. We had the t- same record as the Lakers. Oh, man. And they won this tiebreaker from conference record. We had split during, but they won the, t- the tiebreaker from conference record. Oh, that sucks. Uh. Or whatever the second tiebreaker was. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had the same record as them. And the Spurs, I believe, had one game ahead of us. So everybody was looking like, well, the Spurs, we're not going to beat a couple games ahead. Like, we're not going to catch the Spurs. What difference does it make? But people weren't looking like, well, we still got to be better than the Lakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. But we played the game, and everybody thought we was going to win. So we played like the Bulls. Like, we, were, we weren't very good last game of the year, and they beat us. And we ended up having the same record as the Lakers. Oh, man. I'm not saying we would have won the championship, but I think it would have mattered. Mm-hmm. And you rest the starters against the Bulls? I believe that – I know I played and 
And I don't know how many other guys play. I don't know if AI played or if he played. I don't know if he played. George was definitely out because he came back in the playoffs. So yeah, George, so was George was already out. Um, I know AI, Tyrone, was, AI was already banged up, so he very I don't know Tyrone. I don't think Tyrone Dikembe played. If they did, they didn't play very much. Because I can remember the game being in the end and us not having our guys in there. Um, so I don't even think it was a game that we were really, you know, trying to win. But that was hindsight, I guess. Yeah. I mean – Still though, yeah, that's I, I think sixty could be in sight though. I mean, I, I with winning fifty one last year, and we had the COVID issue, and we had the um, Ben not playing all season, Harden coming in late, and be missing like ten or twelve games in that stretch. Fifty one still, I mean, that's 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 good, but you know, I yes, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm looking at that that last game of the season. Uh, so we lost ninety two to eighty six. Damn, Elton Brand, a good game that game, 31 points. Um, if, if, I, if I had to say it, I would say no. Uh, okay, so the starting lineup was – George did play. Yeah, it was uh, McKee, Snow, Geiger, Lynch, and Hill were the starting five. So Dikembe did sit. So Dikembe – so Tyrone Hill – I know Tyrone was complaining because I can remember in the locker room, Tyrone was complaining that Dikembe wasn't playing. They played 11 and, minutes. And then he – I think he maybe only played – a few minutes. Uh huh. He only played eleven. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I tell you, I can remember in the locker room him complaining because they. I told him nobody played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jermaine Jones had thirty eight minutes that game. Yes. McCulloch had twenty one points off the bench. Yeah, he did. And Ronnie Buford put in some work too. Yeah. And that Man. was. Um, did Roger Bell play that game, or did he come late? He yeah. played about. He played about six that game. Yeah. yeah. You, you, looking back on it now, speaking of Roger Bell, looking back on it now, Eric, like because he became like a defensive phenom after all that, right? I mean, Roger, Roger only played because it was really a situation that happened between with Ronnie Buford. Like something happened. I, I'm not in liberty to say what happened um, with the team, but that's how he got into the rotation. Mm. And then once he got into the rotation, he just played hard and he gave us an extra defender and. You know, he went from playing at the YMCA with his dad to playing in the NBA Finals within a matter of months. Mm. Crazy. So, and then, did you, you know, did you see that in him that he was going to become like this? Well, I mean, he he actually tried out for the Spurs, and I think he got injured or something. He played well. The Spurs wanted to keep him, so it was more of a when we started looking for needing an extra body, the guy started getting injured. Um, Pop recommended him to us. And then he ended up coming and, you know, they tried out some other guys and he ended up working and they liked the way he played. And of course he was the type of guy that coach Brown likes. Yeah, um, totally. So, and then he, he played and he played hard in practice. And, and like I said, we got in the playoffs and then when guys started getting injured, he kind of fit the role of what we needed and what we were looking for. And he played well, you have to give him credit. I mean, that was hard. I know mean, he played Absolutely. in the NBA finals. Yeah, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And he played in the NBA until he retired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy that he just came out of nowhere, right? Like that, that probably helped him a lot too, just being thrust into a, such an important position on a team like that. It gave him probably a lot of confidence. Yeah. And it, it limited his role. His role was, you know, come in, defend and play hard. And, and he ended up making some shots. And, and Coach Brown encouraged it. Like he, 
he was a guy that he wasn't a guy like that kind of luckily made it in the league. He was a guy that deserved to be in the league. He just his opportunity just came differently. Mm-hmm. Became a prototypical three and deer, man. Oh my goodness. Shot, yeah, he shot 40% for man, one, two, three, four. It's like six out of seven out of eight years, eight out of nine years, dude. That's crazy. That's the, that's the kind of guy you wanted on this team. Uh, really absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, exactly. You give me Raja Bell. That's Tate's prototypical guy right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I would have taken a younger Danny Green too. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about great three point shooter, three and deers, right? Yeah, now. we are. Yeah. <laughs> I would take them. Yes, I would gladly take them. Um, all right. So the uh, for the last uh, topic tonight, I know it's the guy we talked about quite often on the show. Um, you know, everyone, the the Prince of Philly, everyone's calling this guy. But uh, uh, Doc's recent comments about uh, Tyrese Max, he said he's the most impressive player he's ever had in his 21 years of coaching, uh, which is well, that's a, that's a pretty big thing that to, to, to say about a, about a guy for a doc who's been coaching for so long. Um, impressive and, young, young player, right? Young player. Right? Yeah, most impressive is a young player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In twenty one oh. years, um, I mean, I guess Max is young, so maybe that's why he's saying that. But I don't, I don't know. Uh, but Doc's coached a lot of good guys uh, in his twenty one year in his tenure of coaching. So big praise coming from Doc. Um, so my question is, we kind of alluded to it a little bit. We were talking about uh, the worst case scenarios and best case scenarios uh, for next year um, or this coming season. But if Maxi does develop into this all-star, which a lot of people think he is training in that direction, um, does he become the Sixers' uh, second most important player? I know we talked about being the big three with Maxi, Harden, and, and Embiid at the end of last season. But does he become that second pivotal player if he does become the all-star that a lot of people think he's going to become this coming season? This coming season? Coming season, yeah. No, I don't think that happens this coming season. I just, I just don't see it happening. Um, I think he can improve, but I don't see him being the number two guy. I, I, I just don't think they'll use him that way. Um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's, it's, it's possible for him to, you know, be used that way if, if he's not the primary ball handler and you still have Tobias. I just, I think he's, he's going to be improved. He's going to be better and he's going to have, be a huge part of the team. I just don't see him being the number two guy. What are your thoughts? I know you're big. You're a big Maxi guy. For the future, yes, absolutely. Right now, no. I think he takes a lot of pressure off of Harden having to score that 25, 30 a game. He doesn't have to do that anymore. Um, as long as he can contribute and score twenty ish. So, like, what? What did he average like last year? Seventeen points, almost eighteen or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, eighteen to twenty one. Um, then Harden can, can just continue to run the offense and concentrate on getting guys open looks. Um, for reasons I listed before about Harden not losing a step, that's why he's the second most important player on our team because yeah. if he looks really I mean, good. I mean, the one thing that I think that we have to kind of look at is a lot of last season, James wasn't there. So he was playing in a different role. Yeah. Um, but now if James there full time mm-hmm. and other guys are there, I'm not sure that what he'll be asked to do will be that high for him to be a number two. Maxi, you're uh, saying? Maxie. Yes, Max. Okay, okay. That's what I'm saying. I think when Ben didn't play and James wasn't there, his responsibilities and everything went up, and he's like, everybody like, oh, he can do it. You know, we didn't see enough his first year to really think that he could be that guy. Um, so he's kind of shown it, that he can take that next step, but I just don't know if that next step can be 
I don't believe it can be next year because of the other guys and the expectations on this team to compete for a championship. Yeah, I, I think Max, he can thrive, and, and I think that part of that is that he doesn't have that pressure. I think it's good for him and Harden. Neither one of them have the pressure to be, like, the sole two. I mean, they could be 2A and 2B, right? So, I mean, as long as Harden's probably the A. But I just think it helps both of them so much not have to worry about, like, having that pressure on them to be the to Robin to Embiid's Batman. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I just you know you have to be incredibly efficient in his, and you know, and, and Harden could also rest games if that hamstring starting to linger, or, you know, come back or whatever. He can he can rest and Maxi can be the full time ball in his hand guy and and you know put up thirty plus if he wants to. Um, and we had the depth to jump up, you know, I, I I'd be comfortable putting starting Melton at two or starting you know uh, Tucker and. Um, God, you name it, Melton or start Tucker and Bible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think um, I think future wise, yes, he's the most second most important player on our team. But um, you know, next year probably not. But what, what do you? Uh, but Eric, what, what do you make of uh, Doc's comments on on uh, on Maxi? That for a guy who has coached for so long to say he's the most impressive young guy he's he's coached, big praise, right? Yeah, it's a big praise. I mean, um, I don't know offhand how many young guys Docs has really had a chance to coach and play yeah. at the same time. I mean, <laughs> guys, that's the um, kicker right there. <laughs> coach and play. I mean, and plus Docs had some success where he wasn't always picking high guy. You know, having high picks. True. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he's had situations where he's had a lot of lottery players yeah. or guys with those expectations coming in while they were younger. So. Um, Rondo would come to mind as far as a young guard. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, Rondo wasn't young, but you know, Rondo was in, you know, um, I don't believe Rondo was a one and done. Um, so, you know, they won the championship, Rondo's rookie year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Rondo also had those other guys with him that year, too. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he, it's kind of similar, he right? Very, very but he didn't have to be the number two guy. That's all. I'm no, saying. no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think Ronda really ever really had to be the true. Yeah, so yeah, that's what the expectations for. You know, I just it's good. I mean, if Doc sees that, he sees something in him, and you know, I guess I can't say he's Doc is wrong, and that's how he feels. I just don't know offhand like how many guys he's had. I just know that Doc's had some good success, and I don't think he's had a lot of guys with you know, that are younger with the expectations of being kind of what we see Maxi turning into. Yeah. And even with Rondo, I remember there being some problems, like team problems yeah. with him, yeah. and it, even he, when he was young, even. So you definitely don't have to worry about that with Maxi. Maybe that's part of it with him as Maxi. Yeah, I think, I think part of it is not just um, his game as far as what he does. I think it's his game. I think it's his pre- preparation. Um, I think the way he works and then his, you know, probably the way he, you know, receives coaching. So I think it's a combination of all those things. Yeah, I agree. Hey, yeah, Rado, Rado was two years at Kentucky, and um, they're both actually the 21st pick of the first round. They both were. Maxie yeah, wow. And both Kentucky guys. So Wow. Yeah. He was 20 his rookie season, 21 his second year. So it's very, very similar. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. A lot of parallels there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But all right, fellas, well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we hope uh, we hope more more stuff comes as we get closer and closer to the season. <laughs> all right, thank you. Take it easy. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.